going on everybody welcome into another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous tuesday august 8th 2023 as always i am your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man how we doing today this is a beautiful day in the neighborhood now i mean we got us an action-packed show And we got some CEOs lining up to be on the podcast. Yeah, you you are working on some some people for your podcast, guys. I I would encourage you if you haven't listened to Stu long form interview podcast, you can find them on this same channel, Energy News Beat Podcast. Um, does a great job. He's got some some pretty crazy guests lined up. We'll keep it. We'll keep the names at bay, Harold Ham. (laughs) But um, we will let you know when things and more than that clear. We do have a great menu, guys, for you lined up. Don't worry. We haven't thought about or forgotten about Ukraine. First article, battered and demoralized. The truth about Ukraine. Um, Stu will tie that into what's really going on with the global energy um, economy. Next up, US LNG, the global economic and environmental solution. This is a great D-dive um, specifically into LNG and why here, specifically in the United States, it's going to be a great solution going forward. Sort of some... Uh, Breaking news on the street, Goldman Commodities Research Chief Jeff Curry set to leave our favorite bull. We'll have a uh, quick moment of silence for the deceased and then talk about maybe um, what goes on um, in his place and maybe a little bit of what his legacy is next up. Biden admin cracking down on another popular home device. Um, This has my blood boiling. It's absolutely hilarious. We'll cover it. And then finally, Texas will fall behind without transmission development. Um, Something that Sue and I have been preaching out for years. He'll kick it over to me. I'll quickly cover that 1% drop in oil prices, mainly due to uh, um, some of those um, weaker demand numbers that are coming out. We did see nat gas spike all the way up to $2.70, mainly off the back um, of some bullish weather reports. A few earnings we'll touch on um, some of the highlights, and then I will wrap it up and send us on out of here. But before we do all that, guys, remember all the stories are courtesy of the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your energy news. Um, Stu does a great job of curating that website along with the team. We have an excellent team of um, that works with us. They do an insane job of making sure that website is up to speed with, with what you need as your one-stop shop for all of your energy news, dashboard.energynewsbeat.com or data energy news. Uh, product. Uh, get it while you still can. Definitely going behind a paywall sometime here soon. Appreciate everybody who's giving us feedback. Hit us up in the description below. If you're listening to us on Spotify podcast, Apple podcast, check out the description below. You can have a question. Uh, there's a Q&A chat where you can ask us any questions. You can find all the descriptions and timestamps to the articles. Let's go ahead and kick this off though, Stu. Where do you want to begin? Hey, let's start with uh, Russia and uh, and battered and demoralized the truth about Ukraine. You know, uh, Putin called the other day and he was like, dude, uh, I, I have a uh, imitation between the Sopranos and Elmer Fudd. And uh, he thought it was funny. But here we go. Uh, Kiev's officials are warning the West that a massive Russian attack against their own demoralized, fractured army is imminent. McGregor notes that this is always Moscow's strategy to allow the Ukrainians to exhaust themselves in a fruitful offensive before mounting a renewed attack. Michael, the NATO and the U.S. have poured billions of dollars into this because Russia 
had actually outplayed Jess in the energy space. This all started because of energy. Uh, Russia has about 750,000 troops right behind that line. Mm -hmm. They have lots of ammunition. The United States has no ammunition. We've given Mm -hmm. it all to Ukraine. So our leaders are complete knuckleheads. And I I hate to do this, but guess who's going to get hurt on this? The German, the EU. Everybody is coming in and NATO needs to go away. The vast dilution is a form of utopianism, uh, an obstinate instance where the conflict, morality, and militarily is the liberal wishes it to be, the idealists. There was a total peace deal that Kiev wanted, and U.S. Uh, dropped it out. I just also watched some other films. Have you seen the cotton picking uh, videos of cave and, and what's going on right there? No, I have not. It looks better than New York city. I would rather go at, take my wife out to Cave in dinner and have a very enjoyable evening, knowing that I'm not going to have anybody crap on my sidewalk in front of my dinner. It is beautiful. Everybody's out. The beach is out. That's not a war zone. So this is all a bunch of hoo-ha, and it's the energy market that is getting clobbered. Yeah, so. it, all, it all does come back to energy. I think this article does a good job of, of kind of, of laying those pieces out. I think you've done a, uh, an above average job of covering what's going on with Ukraine. <laughs> What's next? Hey, uh, you know, we are a pretty well-followed group in uh, Russia and China now. Yeah, considering you're running Putin's uh, campaign and are uh, in the running to to be on the cabinet of of Xi Jinping's staff. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I I speak Russian like I speak (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Okay. Goldman Commodities Research Chief Jeff Curie set to leave. Michael, do you want to give a moment of silence for him? Yeah, we'll, we'll need a quick moment of silence. All right, that was yeah. good. Um, I mean, it's, it's we only joke. Um, you know, he is retiring. It's it's more that it's 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 more that he, he's not taking a new job immediately. They're not necessarily filling the role. I think really the interesting question is what happens here. Um, but I'll quickly cover to give you guys an idea. Jeff Curry, he was the prominent commodities analyst, um, really known for his bullish stance in terms of leading the Goldman Sachs Commodities Oil Trading Group. We, we've joked it, made many of jokes of his expense. To give you an idea, he rose to <laughs> correctly predict what's up. I'm laughing. We did. Um, yeah, to give you a little bit of his background, he rose to fame, mainly correctly predicting that the China-driven boom of the 2000s um, that really buoyed that decade's surge in oil prices. He did have um, less luck attempting to repeat that in that sort of super cycle that, that then proceeded from 2010 onward. This quote is great. It's right below that a couple paragraphs. Give He's it to a me. L- little bit of a mad scientist and long-term Goldman colleague. Colleen Foster describing him as a creative, eccentric, and inventive. There's never a time I couldn't ha- get a meeting with a CEO, an oil minister, or a hedge fund founder if Jeff Curry was with me. How cool is that? Yeah, I love this Cleveland Cliffs quote. I've been critical of Goldman Sachs commodity desk for years. <laughs> so that's the final quote. We'll leave it at that. Jeff Curry, time is oh, done. I love it. 
Hey, let's go to the next one here. Um, you want to have another moment of silence? Just kidding. Uh, U.S. LNG. Oh, before we leave that one, there was five other executives uh, that have left. Uh, they're doing some house cleaning. Uh, they lose another partner in state of recent departures. She's the fifth partner to depart bank in the last week. Oh, Opku. Yeah, there's a there's a definitely. Um, Goldman Sachs is going through a huge changeover. They'd come out, you know, I, I, I was doing some reading on this. They've had like 60 something, 60 to 90 something partners leave over the past few years. It's generally right. very rare for senior partners in the banking space to leave. If only because you become fairly embedded with the company you're at, that longevity leads to, you know, becoming that managing director, working your way up the chain. That turnover has been a little bit more than I think most people have expected, especially coming out of Goldman. It seems like they seem to be pushing back on that narrative, though, even though externally through their PR by saying, no, no, this is just normal happenings. There's something to be said, though. I think there, I think there's a culture change going on there, and it's either for the good or the bad. And, and, and we won't know because we're not on the inside. Are these bad people getting flushed out or is this management now introducing a bad culture and good people deciding to leave. We won't know the answer until two years down the road, but something's afoot. Something is afoot. And we'll see how many show up on CNN and uh, show up on CNN. We know they were fired. Okay. US LNG, the global economy and environmental solution. Michael, this story is critical in about 16 different ways. Okay. Uh, every corner of this world could benefit from clean American natural gas, not just environmentally, but also from a national security standpoint, said Marcella Shale, President Dave Callahan. He's a cool cat. Uh, interviewed him uh, on air with the Philadelphia-based Labor and Energy Show. Mm-hmm. Here's where it gets really, really good. David is over there at, at, at the Marcellus Shale Coalition. Very, very great job. He is really leading the charge on getting the great natural gas out of the Marcellus into market. Here's where this gets a little uh, wild. The magnitude of the Marcellus shale gas is enormous. We have the opportunity using LNG to provide energy security here at home and to the world, said John Bain, EQT Director of Government Affairs and MSC Board Chairman on the show as well, too. We could put LNG on the water, but we don't have the facility or the pipelines to do so. We can be self-sufficient all the while helping the world. This is critical from one other aspect. Uh, Steve Reese, I want to give a shout out to Steve Reese because I'm interviewing him and some other folks that are big um, folks in Europe, and there's a new bunch of information coming out about how U.S. can turn the corner on this. So my podcast, we got some more big dogs coming on, and it addresses this exact article and how we're going to address it. So just wanted to self shameless plug there. Yeah, no, we absolutely we absolutely love it. LNG is. I mean, if, if there's anything that's going to help bridge the transition for from so-called oil to renewables, Stu's rolling his eyes. But if, if that transition is going to happen, LNG is critical to it. Um, what's next? We have to talk about the Biden administration banning oh. ceiling fans. 
Holy smokes, Michael, I got two fan stories here for us. Biden admin cracking down on another popular home device. And this is not the jetpack. This is not anything else like that. Early this summer, the U.S. Department of Energy, DOE, published a notice of proposed rulemaking regarding energy conservation standards for ceiling fans, Michael. If adopted, the new energy efficiency standards would apply to all standard ceiling fans. Hugger ceiling fans, large diameter ceiling fans, and high-speed belt-driven ceiling fans. (laughs) I mean, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. You know why? I don't know what it really means going forward in terms of I mean, Stu, it's absolutely incredible what they want to ban here. I mean, I get the belt fans. I'm with you on belt fans, Stu. I'm with you on belt fans. I'm not with you on the fans in here. And eventually when they go to smart grids, they're going to shut all that stuff off. That's the real key about going to electricity is the shift to smart grids. That's what's scary. You got it. It's all about control. I'm sorry. I'm getting all riled up. And for our podcast listeners, I'm flaming around and I'm waving my hands in front of my camera and that's going in and out of focus. This is nuts. And I hope that the UN flags this as another climate change episode, which I always love being banned by the UN because they're a bunch of chowderheads. This is just ludicrous. I mean, unbelievable. The ceiling fans mean that you can keep your air conditioner up higher because you get air flowing around. This saves electricity. Hello. This is is not second order thing. No, this is McFly. Hello. I mean. Hello, McFly. Hello, McFly. And and that's why I'm getting upset. I'm getting grumpy at this chowder-headed administration. I'm sorry for swearing to our listeners. Let's go to the next What's next? I'm sorry. I got to go take a blood pressure pill. My, My ear blood, my ear just exploded. Okay, the next one. Texas will fall behind without transmission development. Michael, this story is really, really huge. And I think I got really tickled at some of this. This is a quote out of the story, not me Mm -hmm. speaking. While climate change is likely here to stay, you'd expect a rich place like Texas to keep residents cool with adequate power. So far this summer, they have. However, frequent warnings of power shortages and the memory of 2021 blackouts are enough to keep Texans on the edge of their seats. Okay. There was another story that came out that said, oh, this Sunday, which was yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, they, they said that we would have an 800% uh, increase in our bills. Right. Yeah. No, it didn't happen. So what's happening is we're seeing that climate crisis has become climate doom. Uh, it has never changed. And a strange, a strained transmission system deserves much of the blame. I can agree with that. And I can also agree that they need storage on here. And there's only one company that I would approve for storage for this. And that's Fry Battery out of Norway. Because it is 
recyclable batteries. And that's the only way that I would ever approve anything in this if I was a secretary of energy. And I would not change my name to Granholm. And thank you for asking. Uh, Clark Level 10 said his company's recent surveys of U.S. clean energy developers and buyers found that most of them think lengthy grid interconnection queues are more of a problem than uh, supply chain challenges. I disagree. I think they both are. And I I mean, I I think ERCOT getting a D plus for grid planning and development is a better score than I would give them considering the, the, the mode we're in. Okay. Let me throw this squirrel at you. And, and well, I don't want PETA getting mad at us for me throwing a squirrel. So um, we'll play nice about it. We'll keep it away from your dog, Sandy. Here's what I'm asking. If uh, the grid, it can be upgraded, but all the funding goes to all the tax deductions go to wind turbines and solar that none of them, there's 24,000 wind farms and projects that can't connect to the grid because there's no money for tax deductions to go to the grid. You and I have talked about the $3.5 billion it took to put the West Texas wind farms available for the East part of Texas. This is not a easy problem. Yep. Nope. They are, okay. are, are, are drastically falling behind. And again, the D plus better than I would have given them. Yeah, but let's focus on ceiling fans and dishwashers and, you know, oh, my bears, you know, lions, tigers, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Back to you, man. This was just I got my blood all worked up. Yeah. So let's let's (laughs) let's let's move (laughs) into oil and gas after that. That escapade. Um, We did see prices up to 82 or down really about one percent, really down to about 8240. Really, what we see the drop in is is off the sign of weaker demand. We obviously have much stronger weather patterns that are increasing natural gas two dollars and seventy three cents. But again, you know, you know, basically the goal is the at the end of September this driving season will end. Couple that with pulling back of the weather. Can we sustain this continual bullish trend into eighty five ninety? Stu seems to think so. Jeff Curry, I assume, themes seems to think so. Whoever's taking over for Goldman Sachs. The markets maybe aren't so sure. Again, is this a blip in what is still a bull run to the north? Um, it'll be very interesting. But I think that's where the sentiment on oil and gas is. I'm um, getting back a little bit um to what we considered quote unquote fundamentals. I thought it'd be interesting to cover specifically what's going on in earnings around Saudi Aramco. And I thought it was interesting to note, Stu, Saudi Aramco. Give you an idea, Stu. How much? What do you think their net income was for a quarter? They've. Been, they, I just saw the thing. They increased their payout to the Saudi fund by twenty-one million dollars or billion. Excuse me, twenty-nine billion. So to give you guys an idea, year, uh, quarter over quarter or 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 quarter two, 2023, they hit about thirty billion in profit. Um, they did about thirty-two billion last quarter, but are down about forty percent year over year. But Dividend payouts are up about 50% from 18.8 billion a year ago to 19.4 billion, mainly due to the fact that the Saudi government is expecting a deficit from its other investments. And again, floated Aramco on the open market, only floated 10% of it in order to continue to pay back dividends. So this was more of a cash call by the Saudi government, you know, a, you know, the CFO job, he got the CFO at Saudi Aramco. He ain't got no control that no. you, 
That's where people go to die. You've never heard of the CFO of a Ramco? No. But you know what? Two years ago, or excuse me, three, four years ago, uh, Saudi Ramco lost all the money because of COVID. And they, I believe I got to throw a number out and we'll have to fact check me. It was 89 billion or something that they lost. They came back around the following year. They took care of the pricing and then they paid that back plus some. So they borrowed, they lost the money because the, the government took the money. They needed the $89 billion. So Saudi Aramco took a debt on for the first time ever. They paid that back and that again in the following year. And then the budget surplus started rolling. I love the leaders at Saudi Aramco. Yes, I think they're doing great. Yes, you do. You're, you're vying for a board of director position. I, hey, we did, I just got a note from them. They want us to bid on some things over there. I'm I down. They listen to the podcast, Michael. Sponsored by Saudi Aramco. I am down. I'm telling you, I will be the CFO of Saudi Aramco. It'll be easy. I slot me in there. You know, it'll just be like, you know, give me the Hunter Biden deal. Whatever I, deal he got, I'll take. I don't want anything to do with <laughs> nothing. But I do, if anybody wants to, I got a copy of the letter here that they're asking. I'm all about it. All right, Stu, what else we got before you let these people go? I'm not sure, but I am so thrilled for all of our uh, listeners and all the feedback. We got some big things coming around the corner for Sandstone. <clears throat> yes, we've got some great things coming, guys. Um, very excited, and we appreciate you sticking to us. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. 